This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Seth Burkholder. Welcome, Seth. Thanks for having me. So, you know, to kind of continue, so, you know, I think part of it, so you guys found yourself at St. Matthew's, um, went through RCIA there, and, uh, you know, how has the parish there kind of been part of 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 your growing closer to the Lord. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I, you know, another interesting parallel with saints. I talk about St. Lucy, but St. Matthew is the patron saint of accountants, mm-hmm. and I'm an accountant. And so it was just interesting that it all kind of came together there as well. Um, but yeah, oh, uh, St. Matthew, you know, and, and my wife felt it initially, right when we walked in and said, okay, let's go to Mass for the first time. It felt different for her. And we had been to a lot of different, you know, parishes, and, and, you know, some of that was probably just time and place, and now she was ready to be open to it. Um, but I also think that there's, and again, I try not to get too caught up in like this parish versus that parish. I'm one of those, like, we all belong to Rome at the end of the day mm-hmm. kind of guys. Um, but there is something special about St. Matthew, and, and, and I got to be honest, I think it's the perpetual adoration Having that, and we're starting that up again. I'll put a little plug here mm-hmm. for perpetual adoration that's starting again next week. So, anyone wants to come, you don't have to be a parishioner there. Um, sign up, call the parish. Uh, but having Jesus exposed 24 mm-hmm. 7 just changes the prayer life of all your parishioners because he's there waiting for you. And, and I had never experienced adoration before I went to St. Matthew, I didn't even know what it was. Um, so having that time, again, allowed for me to come to know him more because he's right there in front of me. The same Jesus who walked this earth 2,000 years ago is three feet away from me, you know? And so being able to have that time with him um, was very special. And I think another thing, too, that helped us kind of like grow in our faith was there's a lot of young families over there, too. A lot of people our age that we could connect with, um, which was great, and we're still friends with many of them. And ironically, like some of our kids are like days apart, you know, like even hours, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. Um, But also too, the parish I grew up in a small town, I would probably describe it it as kind of folksy Protestant, you know, like felt banners, Mm kind of not so good music because you're limited on talent. Mm -hmm. And again, I have no musical talent, so I'm not you know, knocking them, but, you know, the, you know, even incense, there really wasn't incense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every time. Um, and then I come to St. Matthew and it's, it's a little more, you know, high mass, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I enjoyed that, um, getting to hear Latin for the first time ever. Like they, they do a lot of Latin during Advent and Lent mm-hmm. and I'd never, I never grew up hearing Latin. And so that really, that really drew me in, uh, especially since in high school, I took three years of Latin. Mm. even though I forgot most of it. Mm. Um, so I've been kind of relearning it through prayers. And so I think that the beauty of that language drew me in as well. Um, Interesting. Drew, drew, drew us into to the life of the church. You know, a couple points, I think, from your... So I, associ- I associate you, and, and I think your story very much with, with marriage. Um, yep. I think one of the, the difficult issues, and, and it is a kind of a big issue of divide from Protestants and Catholics, is the the question of contraception. Mm-hmm. And how did that play a role in your 
your journey. Yep, one hundred percent. We we were using contraception before we came in, uh, and it was it was one of those things that like we knew the whole time we should not be doing this. We don't want to do it, but we we're not ready for kids. Mm-hmm. But what do we do? Had never heard of natural family planning, which by the way, best kept secret in our church, natural mm-hmm. family planning. Um, and so once we learned about it, it was easy. We were on board. We we're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, and some people say it's difficult. There's moments of that. Um, but I honestly, I, I, I don't find it too challenging. I think part of that's because we do it together. It's not mm-hmm. just on my wife to, you know, check all of the stuff that needs, she needs to check, um, that I'm there supporting her and we're communicating about it. Um, but yeah, it was just literally lack of knowledge, you know, in, in accepting that it, it wasn't hard. Mm. Um, but we, we did, we did again, like all the other things we did take some time, I think it was about four months to really study it and say, okay, like if we're going to accept this, like we want to accept the teaching of the church, but I don't want to accept it blindly. I want to accept it based on knowledge and understanding. And so we did spend some significant time learning about it and understanding it to, to fully understand why does the mm. church teach this? Because it could seem out of date. Um, but once you, once you learn why the church teaches what it does, uh, you just see the beauty of it. And uh, it's, it's changed our marriage. And, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm also really impressed with you and your wife is um, how, you know, so you've had two miscarriages since I've, I've known you. And um, the, the sort of, um, which is a very difficult experience for couples, but the way that you've kind of um, been open about it, I think, has really helped couples deal with it, you know, and and recognize it is something that happens, unfortunately, quite often. Um, and it and it is, I think, it's um, a wound that a lot of couples carry for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, maybe you could talk about why. Yeah, you know, yeah. The and of this. we've had we've had two miscarriages in the last six months, uh, which was very shocking for us because we had two healthy kids prior to that. So, and it really caught us off guard uh, because nothing had kind of drastically changed with our health or anything. Um, you know, the first one, um, we're like, okay, like this is a, a common thing. It was still very difficult, but both of our moms had suffered miscarriages as well. Um, but then when the second one came, that was much more difficult. It's like, okay, now, now what's wrong? What do we need to do type mentality? Um, but yeah, we're very open about it. And, and I would say we weren't always that way because uh, you hit on it. Miscarriage is not talked about often. Um, so we even knew people who had miscarriages even a year before we did. And we didn't really say all the right things or do all the things we probably should have. And, We've actually gone back since then and apologized to them again, just for that lack of understanding and knowledge. Um, so that's opened us up through seeing them and what they've gone through. Um, but yeah, we're very open about it because, you know, a lot of times we talk about as Catholics, we believe life begins at conception, but boy, you understand that in a whole nother way when you're looking at this tiny little baby that's, you know, half an inch in size, but you can see the little feet and the little hands and starting to see the shape of the spine that just opens your eyes and you can Google that and see that, mm-hmm. but to see it in person, 
just gave me this new sense of awe of God and how he creates that I never fully fathomed until I went through this. So on one level, like I was angry with God, but on another way, I loved him so much more because I understood now how beautiful his creation is. It's, it's extremely intricate. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, the church, you know, I mean, I think a lot of times pastors or parishes, um, maybe they don't know how to out, you know, do outreach to those who have had miscarriages. Um, and you know, as, as you say, a lot of times couples keep this secret Mm -hmm. and, I think the more and more our um, kind of medical understanding of pregnancy works, or you know, and as it improves, we see more miscarriages and mm-hmm. and see how common it is. Yep. Um, a lot of it is is you know, like my parents who are much older. Um, you know, I asked my mom once if she ever had a miscarriage, and she said no. But she said I don't think we would know. You know, because you didn't really know you were pregnant till the second trimester, usually, you know, or suspect that you were. Yeah. You know, you know and that's that's where I get back to the natural family planning being the best kept secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell people this all the time. If it wasn't for us practicing NFP, we never would have known we were pregnant and we never would have known we miscarried. It, it was through doing that that we knew when we conceived that we could see like when you get pregnant, your temperatures rise and they stay elevated. So every day we're tracking her temperatures. We know she's pregnant. Then all of a sudden, not to get too graphic, but she starts to have blood loss, blood clots. It's in those blood clots is where the baby is mm-hmm. inside the sack. And if you wouldn't known that, you'd flush your baby right down the toilet and never knew you were pregnant. Mm. Like we only knew that we had these because of NFP. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and which is such a great, because then we were able to offer mass for them. We were able to bury them, mm-hmm. all those things, just because of that, because we were in tune with my wife's body and what mm-hmm. it was doing. And it, you know, and I think really the opportunity to mourn um, mm-hmm. these these unborn children um, is crucial, you know, and to um, to give them proper burial and everything like that. And I think more and more. Um, hospitals, um, funeral homes, and cemeteries are more attentive to this real need. Um, and I think also parishes, you know, and there, you know, um, there are rites and special masses for for these situations. So Oh, yeah. And Father Sill was great about both the masses that we offered. And, you know, our doctor connected us with Back in His Arms again, local organization mm-hmm. that deals with miscarriages. So, I mean, there's resources out there. But like all things, it's making that that knowledge, that information known um, to people. Yeah. But it's out there. And, and, you know, and I think this is a good opportunity for our listeners, because we know people who have had miscarriages or who will have miscarriages. Um, And, you know, these kind of... I I don't know, what was that resource again? Oh, Back in His Arms again? Back in His Arms. So these... They're out there, so... Yeah, and there's another one um, down in Cincinnati called Heaven's Gain Ministries. Uh, that's actually where we uh, bought the casket from. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they were a great resource as well. Well, um, Seth, thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me um, has been Seth Burkholder. And again, uh, thank you, Seth. Um, and until next time, peace and all good.